Welcome back to Vitality. This is episode three. I'm Steve, aka the Reptilian Reaper. I'm Laura. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about how to stay motivated. It's going to be a fun topic. I have a few things written down. This was a topic requested by one of our listeners. Do you need to remember who? No, I don't. Next time I'll remember. Okay. Oh, before we start, shout out to our friend Bo, because Bo was upset in the last episode that Rochelle got a shout out and he didn't. So Bo, if you ask for what you want, you will get it. Anyway, let's dive right in. Uh, how to stay motivated to something. So I think the most important part is uh, if you want to be like motivated to do something, you have to have a good why. And um, there's a quote from Nietzsche that I really like. Uh, he who has a clear, or who, who has a why to live can bear almost any how. Your why can be like, oh, I enjoy this thing, or I value what I get if I complete it, or I just think it's important for some reason. Um, you know, like maybe like classes you don't intrinsically enjoy, but oh, I just bumped everything. So maybe classes you don't intrinsically enjoy, but you do value getting a degree, so that can be your why. Or just for things like if it is something you really enjoy, motivation is just naturally there. You know, like playing Fortnite, people are motivated to do that. That's um, finding purpose you know. in your behaviors is important, right? And I, I think it helps to define your why, like clearly write it out, because you might think that you know, but you might also discover additional things, like in the process of you know writing out that why, other reasons why it's important to you, or you might realize like, oh, this is actually not that important to me. I'm doing this for a bad reason, and then you might you know just drop it, which would also be a good thing uh, if the thing is not that important to you or do you think it's um, yeah bad for you? I was going to say that Simon Sinek has a book called Start With Why and he has a really famous TED talk about um, leadership actually, but it involves the How same. great leaders inspire action. Yes, it's very popular, um, very mainstream, but if you're looking for some materials to get into finding your purpose in something, that can be a place to start. All right, where do you think I got this? Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, the uh, Nietzsche thing I have heard from other places, and that's, I believe, not in the TED Talk, but I think it's a good quote. I want to read it again just because I, like, flubbed it yeah. when I read it the first time. So this is from Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. There we go. I said it well that time. So, yeah, having a good why. Um, but I think, importantly, motivation is going to fail you, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize and they think that they need to be motivated to get work done. I'm much bigger fan, much bigger fan of discipline. Uh, you know, just like building up good work habits because when something is a habit, it's a lot easier to do. So you don't need to be motivated. I heard a quote recently in my workout class that was motivation is what gets you started, but habit is what keeps you going. So yeah, I mean, that's the same lines. essentially my philosophy for getting work right. done. Because, yeah, I mean, you can watch motivational videos on, like, how bad do you want it or whatever. Like, oh, like, you don't need to sleep, just work. And those those are fun to watch, and they really, like, give you burning desire. I don't know if burning is the right word. kind of sounds weird. Anyway, they can give you burning desire for a time, but inevitably, like, that is not sustainable, no matter how many motivational videos you watch. So in the short term... You, you know, watching something like that or, you know, having a conversation with someone who can motivate you or going to a Tony Robbins 
workshop or something. I don't advocate for that. Anyway, that can help you in the short term. But in the long term, starting small and then building up good habits is uh, what's going to uh, help you out there. Or, you know, going back to the why thing, you can try and find a way to like make yourself enjoy it more. Like in general, as you get better at something, it's more enjoyable. Um, or even if you just, as you get more familiar with something, maybe you're not necessarily getting better, but it's less scary when you're more familiar with that. And I would say as an example, people say to me a lot when I talk about the books that I read or the podcasts that I listen to, they, they get self-conscious and they're like, oh yeah, like I guess I should be doing more stuff like that. It seems useful. And I, I think there a lot of time is underlying guilt of like, oh, you know, why can't I do those things? But the difference between me and people who don't enjoy reading a lot or who, the difference between me and people who don't read a lot is that I do enjoy it and they don't. Yeah, don't force yourself to be listening to podcasts besides this one. Right, yeah, uh, don't force you to do whatever it takes to listen to Vitality. Um, or like reading books. Like Steve obviously reads all these self-help books, but like I barely touch them. Um, oh, I've read a couple. That's so but embarrassing. I hate the word self-help. It's disgusting. Non-fiction books. I'm more of like that's a, a non-fiction gal. Um, like I, I have a midterm tomorrow for Pride and Prejudice, but ew, that sounds <laughs> disgusting. I'm not, I'm not super worried because I've read the book like multiple times, but at the same time, it is like hard for me to find motivation to study for that. So it's one of these moments where I'm having to take my own advice in this situation. Right. But, Actually, I have, I have a couple things to say, um, not related to like my overall points that I wrote down, but a tip for people who are taking English classes, I would say read. Like everything you as can. An, as an actuarial science major, okay. <laughs> what are your tips for an English major? That's, you know, I think I this is funny. That's fair enough. I, I think this is good advice, though. This is the Tim Ferriss okay. of me. Um, like, read everything that you can about the book on like Schmoop or Spark Notes or Cliff Notes or whatever, and then go through and read it because it's a lot easier to read like 19th century prose when you like understand what they're talking about already. Um, yeah, true vitality fans would remember that we talked about this in we episode did. one confidence. Did we? we? Did. Yes. Oh, that's so embarrassing. God, I'm because really... we were talking about Shakespeare. We did. Yeah. Oh, well, well, the, the... and we made a joke about Hamlet at some point. Casual vitality fans I've will got... get this for the first time yes. because they didn't listen to the first episode. <laughs> um, God, that was new so vitality fans who want to hear some interesting things about Laura's life. I'm going to go see Shakespeare in the Dark <laughs> in Macbeth edition um, next month, so that should be fun. But that's an English major's um, way to have fun is to go see Macbeth. Anyway, so. we need to talk. That's, stop talking about Shakespeare every episode. That's uh, every the we've done Three, it twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what the other thing I was going to say was. Oh, actually, no, I remember what it was. So I one of the books I'm reading right now is about negotiation. Would you consider that in the self help genre? Yes, because it's working Fuck. on your social skills. Okay, it's improving your yeah, it's improving your skills in negotiating. What what was the title of that book? I feel like I saw it recently. Never split the difference. Oh, I I saw a different book. Was um, it getting to guess? Yes. That's yes. yeah, that's like the most famous negotiating yeah. book. Yeah, and in Never Split the Difference, the author was talking about how like, yeah, getting to yes is good, but like it fails a lot in like real situations. Yeah. Which Amuse me. I always like it when books take down other books. It's fun. 
And in Anti-Fragile, this other book that I am occasionally reading, the guy, like, destroys all these, like, economists and everything being like, yeah, they think that their economic theories are, like, helping them. But then these guys who just, like, don't understand, you know, complicated stuff, but they just know how trading works. Like, you know, those are the real guys who are actually successful. It's, I enjoy things like that. Anyway, I, see, to me, self-help is more books like, uh, you probably haven't heard of this, but like the Miracle Morning, where it's like they 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 mention self help like frequently throughout the book, or yeah. like self improvement or whatever, and it's like, oh, if you just start your day right, then like you can do anything. Like that to me is like explicitly self help, and that is the kind of stuff that like grosses me out. I mean, I say that, and I read the entire book in like two days, um, but that's the stuff I try and shy away from because I feel like it's very like cheesy. Right, that cheesy and try hard, and it makes yeah. people think that you're like really fucking annoying to be around because you're like, oh yeah, I was reading Awaken the Giant Within by Tony <laughs> Robbins. Let me just tell you, I am killing it right now. I'm doing my affirmations every morning, and I just <laughs> I feel great. So that's the person I'm trying to not be. Yeah, but I they think- can be kind of addicting once you start to get into that genre because you can almost like rely on them. To right. Like solve. You feel like you you feel like you've like made improvements like easily right. like through just reading a book. It makes you feel like you've done something. You know? Yeah, reading about the problem makes you yeah. think that you're taking steps to yeah. solving the problem. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like then I mean this is the feeling that I get talking to people. Everyone still sees me as the annoying Tony Robbins self help guy, even though I try and like desperately like break even, away from that. I don't think that you'd normally like present yourself as someone who reads a lot of those books. Like if I hadn't known you personally, I would not have assumed that you do that for fun. Okay. I appreciate it. I mean saying that I do it for fun like <laughs> is very embarrassing. But I, I do enjoy reading quite a bit and yeah never split the difference when that I am reading right now I'm also reading a biography of Robert Caro or by Robert Caro of Robert Moses called The Power Broker which has been very interesting like it's pretty dense but Robert Moses man what a juggernaut he just anyway we're getting pretty I, I actually have something to say oh okay I thought you were just gonna be like talk about the main topic that we're on no, we can do that in a second, but as a small <laughs> aside, um, if you're looking to get into reading nonfiction books and you typically read fiction like myself, um, one thing that really helped me to like get through that material was downloading an app like Audible or like, I believe that Apple has like their own version of it, but just getting like audiobooks of the text because it can make a really dense book a lot less dense and you can speed it up, slow it down, like whatever you want. Which makes the book go by a lot faster. And whenever someone's like talking to you, like talking the material to you, it makes it so much easier to like grasp than if you're reading it and you keep losing focus. It's really boring. Right. See, I feel like normally, because I am not a huge fan of audiobooks, like Mm -hmm. not as like, I don't dislike them necessarily, but I prefer reading just because I can move my own pace and go back. But I'll sometimes just be like, this doesn't look that important and then I just skip it. Yeah. Which I do it's, a lot in the power broker. Yeah, it's kind of like a gateway drug. If you're looking for a avenue to get into reading, try audiobooks. I've heard from a lot of different sources that it works for people who don't like reading. Right. Because then they're not actually reading. I mean, you're still like reading, but right. not like in the same traditional for sense. For sure. I actually, I follow Seth Godin's blog, which I think is another hint that I'm a prick about all of this stuff. But um, he was saying how like audiobooks are robbing us of our ability to like pay attention necessarily because right. it's like it's easier than actual reading is right. so now it's like people who listen to a lot of audiobooks when they have to 
read like they can't find an audiobook or they just don't want to spend the money. They're like, yeah. I can't do this reading. How am I supposed to read like, you know, 50,000 words, whatever it is. Yeah. And audiobooks and downside to them is that you can easily not pay attention to the material. That's my thing as well. I'm bad yes. at paying attention to just um, audio. Once again, going back to concentration, because I, over the summer, whenever I was reading my Shakespeare books, um, I listened to the audiobook, And so I would have it out just like while I was like laying outside and I just could not focus on it. Like I still could not tell you like half the things like that I should have known for that class because I wasn't actively reading it and I was just listening to it. Right. Anyway. Yeah. I actually have a story about reading outside. This is only tangentially related to what you just said, but I oh, thought this is the good material. For right. No, I have the banter, the banter. Yeah. I, why would you listen to a podcast for any other reason? Um, I was like 10 years old or something, maybe even younger than that. And I was trying to read The Hobbit. And I think I just kept getting distracted in my house by all the noise of my family. So I was like, I'll read outside. It'll be more quiet there. But I think it was during the summer because it was hot. So what I did was I like got a towel wet and then like I like I put it in my pool and then like tried to dry it off so that it was like just damp. And then I like put it over me and then tried to read under the towel so that I could like have the mix of being quiet because I wasn't inside where my family was and also cool because it was hot outside and it failed miserably i gave up almost immediately but a child genius right that's <laughs> not what i was too humble <laughs> but that is a wacky thing that i tried in childhood and i've not thought about that in several years well i'm glad that this conversation brought up that memory yeah, me too that's uh it's a very fond no it's not that's a very neutral memory all right i think we can move on i've out of anecdotes and uh I don't think I have any tangents. so yeah yeah so anyway my point is like uh yeah motivation not super useful so how to stay motivated is maybe not the best topic or like the title for this episode but uh let's keep it anyway uh so yeah discipline and you need to efficiency right you need to I just you need to enjoy the things that you're going to do if you want to be motivated oh, all the time. Definitely. Otherwise, you need to rely on discipline because motivation will always fail you. And not to say like you will, no matter what you're doing, no matter what field you're in, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Right. Yeah. There's no job that will always be fun. Right. And I think that there's nothing wrong with coming to face value with that because it doesn't necessarily mean that your job is bad if you're not having fun all the time. Right. But it might just be something that you kind of have to like grind through to like get to the more positive parts and like why you're there. You know? Right. And we could talk about this more in another episode, but by the same token, there's no partner that you're going to like be in love with all the time and be like, oh, they're such an amazing, they have no flaws. They're the perfect compliment for me. Like there are yeah. going to be times when you're like, fuck this person. Yeah. I'm so tired of dating them or being married to them or whatever. Yeah. But you got to figure out what you're willing to put up with. That's important. All right. Uh, I have one more thing on just like the motivation being uh, like not super useful. Like you can't just grit your teeth and be like, oh, I just need to work more. Like if you ever find yourself saying, if I could just something, you probably need to change your approach because like I think the strategy that most people try with being better at school or losing weight or anything like that is like, I just need to be more like I need to try harder at like the same thing. it's like, oh, like I'm the problem, you know? And yeah. like, I guess that technically is true, but like there are probably, there's probably another approach that's easier. Yeah, if you're using like negative feedback like that, like 
oh, I wish I like looked like this and you become really hard on yourself. And I feel like it's not effective if, unless you're like, like if you're using more like positive feedback, like finding the root of like why you're so passionate about something, then that can be a lot more fruitful than being hard on yourself and being like, I need to get an A in this class. And if I don't get an A, like I'm going to like be really angry with myself. Right. Um, yeah, well, and my point is, like, I agree with you, certainly, but my point is just, like, if you keep finding yourself saying, like, if I could just study more, then I would get an A, it's like, I, you need to take a different approach at that yeah. point, because obviously just trying to study more is not working for you. Um, my next thing is, I've, I've got a few techniques and hacks and whatnot for uh, forming habits and making motivation less necessary. The first one, I really like this one, uh, the 22nd rule. I learned this one from Thomas Frank, YouTuber and blogger and podcaster that I really like. He runs College Info Geek. 22nd rule is about adding or removing friction to get yourself to do something or to not do something. So the idea is say you want to like practice guitar more. This was the example that he used. What he did was he like bought a guitar stand and put his guitar out in his living room. So it was right there. He could always just pick it up and play. And so since that was something he wanted to do, he was trying to remove the amount of friction necessary to do it rather than if he had it in some closet or something, it'd be harder to get to. And you'd have to summon up more willpower to go do it. And then the converse of the 22nd rule, say you want to play video games less often, less often. You can like unplug them, like wrap up the controllers, like put them away somewhere because then it's harder to start doing it. And then you're more likely to be like, ah, it's too much work. I'm not going to play video games. I think um, one thing that really helped on the first part of that is what's for motiv motivating yourself to study is I just always leave out my study materials. Like if I'm waking up early in the morning, I'll just leave them out. Like everything's already set out and then I just kind of grab it and then I move to another room. So I can't like be in my room with my bed to go back to sleep. But um, with my trombone, one thing that I would do going back to the guitar example um, to get myself to practice, I would just leave it out on the stand and not I would do that too. put it in the case because that helped a lot with, wanting to practice because it was so easy to just grab and start practicing. Right. Well, yeah, now I have to walk to the music school to oh, practice. Oh, my God. Like, I, see, exactly. Now, now I never that. practice. Yeah, right. in high school, whenever it was right there, like, I would practice all the time. Right. I also was just, like, I enjoyed... I guess I had a better why in high school because I was trying to make, like, you know, All-State or whatever. Yeah, so, there was like, a, there was there my was strong goal. why. There was yeah, that helped me be motivated to practice. All right, my next thing on, you know, habits and making motivation less of a thing is the Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro is Italian, I believe, for tomato. Yes, it is. Yeah. As someone who took 12 hours of Italian. That sounds horrible. It was. That's okay. Well, <laughs> I'm glad... <laughs> Bringing back bad memories. That's... I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to trigger you. Yeah, well, anyway, a little bit. That's... Uh... Oh, I'm glad you were able to check me then on my Italian. That's, I guess, Yeah, that's my only skill. Right. Uh... Anyway, so uh, a lot of times when you're trying to get something done, the problem is just starting. And once you get doing it, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. Um, you know, like I'm actually kind of enjoying this now. And I think everyone has had experiences like that. But even knowing that before you've started something, it's really easy to just tell yourself like, yeah, but this time, like, I'm not going to feel that way. It's just way too much work to start. Like, I can't do it. And the magic of the Pomodoro Technique for me is you just, you set a timer for 25 minutes and where this name came from, like a tomato, even though it's the tomato technique, where did that, what does that mean? 
um, the person who came up with this had like a tomato timer, like an egg timer, but a tomato timer. And then they would set it for 25 minutes, work, set it for five minutes, you know, take a break, do nothing, and then rinse and repeat until the task was done. Yeah, I think um, stuff like that really works. If you get, um, there are these apps on your computer that will like block all of your social media as well. So like it forces you to just be engaged with whatever you're working with and right. not be like distracted by something like Twitter or like Facebook. Um, and that has worked really well for me as well as the reward system works really well. Oh yeah. Um, and I've heard like psychological proof that the reward system works whenever oh, you're definitely. trying to get stuff done. Um, but just be careful like what you're rewarding yourself with. Um, don't reward yourself with like a $500 car. Be mindful of what you're rewarding a $500 yourself. car. Oh, sorry. That was, that was the stupidest thing I ever said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't reward yourself with a car that definitely oh doesn't God. work. Because it's like, like from 1967. It's $500 or whatever. <laughs> help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, I would agree you should reward yourself primarily with healthy things. Because that's something that I've heard when with people trying to lose weight. They're like, oh, I've lost 20 pounds. This is great. Time to eat an entire pizza. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah, that was mainly not, what I was referring uh, to. Super conducive to don't, your goal. Yeah, don't reward yourself with um, buying things and eating food. Because I used to reward myself. Whenever I like wasn't rewarding myself with eating food, I would like go buy a nice jacket or something like that. And that was just, it's really unhealthy because you're never going to be satisfied. Yeah, I, uh, I lost my train of thought there, but it's back now. I got it. Um, so the Pomodoro technique, super useful for me, because if I, I just tell myself, like, I only have to work for 25 minutes, that is a lot easier than having to work for some amorphous amount of time. Yes. And then usually I'll get to the timer will go off and I'll be like, oh, I'm in the middle of something. Like, I need to keep working and I'll just be like, turn off the timer and just keep going. So that helps a lot. And I say crucially to this though, like sometimes I do end it at 25 minutes because if setting that timer becomes just like a trick to get yourself to work longer than 25 minutes, you'll start to resist it again and be like, oh, I, like, I, I'm gonna feel guilty and have to work for like an hour if I set this timer for 25 minutes. So now I don't wanna do it because I know that that's what's going to happen. Sometimes I do just end at 25 minutes and take a break. And so you need to not just expect that it's always going to bleed into more work time. All right, my last tip is the 80-20 rule, which I feel like this is not necessarily related to habits, but I feel like it's still useful. Basically, um, this was popular, popularized by Tim Ferriss on the 4-Hour Workweek. 80% um, of your output, outputs come from 20% of your inputs. And so a lot of times, like the most important, like 80% of something you can get done with only doing 20% of the total work that you need to complete that thing. And once you get past that first 20%, a lot of the stuff that you're doing is less important. It contributes less to completing the overall thing. What would be an example of that? I think for me, it's like, it's very obvious when I see it, but it's not always easy for me to come up with examples. I, I, I think one thing that you could do is like, if you're studying for a test, like write down all the equations you need to know or write down all the vocabulary words. And if you have those solid, like that takes less time than like reading through the entire chapter or doing all the practice problems. But that is like a good chunk of 
what will help you for the test. Or um, where I think this was first applied was usually when you're fundraising, 80% of the money comes from 20% of the donors, or it can be even more extreme than that. Like 95% of the money comes from 5% of the donors. Um, So I would say just like look for 80, 20 situations, or you could say like you only wear like 20% of the clothes in your wardrobe 80% of the time. And then like use that mindset to try and like get rid of old things. Or I mean like cooking utensils, like you only use 20% of them 80% of the time. And yeah, you could make an argument like, what about this specific situation where I need that? So I, this is not an episode on like minimalism and getting rid of things, but those are some examples. I mean, do you feel like that is a sufficiently good explanation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in general, um, I mean, I guess like another example of how you could apply it to school. This was something that I read about on the blog, WTF professor, which Tom Miller's blog was like, go through the syllabus at the beginning of the year and figure out what is like the most important work that you have to get done. Like if homework is only 5%, then like don't worry so much about doing it necessarily. And like if you have your exams being like 90% of the class, like go hard on that. Or yeah. if it's like, if it's more related towards projects, just like figure out what is the most important part of what you need to get done and give lower priority, like sometimes even significantly lower priority yeah. to the other things. On that token, if you're trying to be more motivated with your classes, like say it's a new semester, one thing that might really help is simply just getting a planner and being more organized about when you have deadlines and just being very aware of when you have deadlines. Right. Like writing down like when you're your exam and knowing like how to like budget your time wisely from that. Right. Well, yeah, because I think a lot of the problems, like you can lose motivation just by being disorganized and you have to spend excuse me, all this mental energy thinking about like, oh, what's due, what needs to be done, what's yeah. most important. And if you have everything organized, it's like not necessarily going to make you more motivated, although I guess it might, but it is reducing a lot of the drain that could potentially happen on yeah. your mental faculties. I think a lot of classes too, like make sure to, or just anything in general, make sure to know like what you're spending your time on because a lot of classes, the reading, like you don't really need to do it. And you really oh, have to I get a, agree. you have to get a feel for that. Like once again, like knowing like what's important to be focusing your time on. It's like, should I be focusing my time on writing this paper for this class? Or do I need to be concerned? Like, because I'm writing the paper for this class, I'm getting behind on the readings. And it's like, just get behind the readings, especially in an English class. Like pretty much all we do is focus our time in class on the readings from like the night before. So we've kind of just, I would never read if I was an English major. We kind of like say we're reading Pride and Prejudice. Like, and we're, our assignments from like one. Oh, like, I have a tip for you. You should just read everything on Shmoo beforehand. Have I said that? Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly like if you're just running behind because you're like working on your paper, just like do the Shmoo beforehand and then you'll like know what I you're talking about. You're not acknowledging my joke. It was, it was very funny. Okay, thank you. Um, but, and then you'll, you won't be like wasting so much time because whenever you're wasting time like that, it's hard to find purpose and like your why. And then you just get burnt out so easily. My second tip along with that, without burning out, because my problem with motivation is because you have to re, you're probably listening to this because you want to find motivation because you're burnt out. So one huge tip that really worked for me was taking breaks, going back to like, Oh yeah. Taking breaks is essential. Um, going back to your like 25 and then like five minutes, like comment earlier, even bigger than that, just having like a night off or like, like I just, it blows my mind that people study on like Friday nights. Um, just take that time for yourself, especially like if you know that you will be burnt out and like, you know, these tendencies in yourself and like recognizing whenever you're about to burn out and taking a step back. 
Right, for sure. Yeah, Thomas Frank has a really good video that I like called something like how to get a lot done while still being really lazy and there's a Snorlax in the thumbnail. And he was, the premise was just like take breaks strategically. Yes. And I, yeah. I think a lot of people um, place a lot of value and there's this whole culture, especially in college, around being stressed out all the time and being involved in as many things as you can be, possibly be involved in to look as good as you can for employers. But for me... That just doesn't work. I have to like take a step back and know like what works for me and that the grind or whatever people are so focused on. And there's nothing wrong with grinding. Like, well, hey. <laughs> um, I think that there is this whole trend right now about being a boss woman or like what is it? Girl boss, um, which is I've great. Like, I'm, that, but I, I'm all here for my girl bosses, but yeah. um, it's just, it's also like knowing that like rest is equally as important as grinding. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's important that you like take breaks in intelligent in an intelligent way. Like browsing on social media is like not a very good use of your break. Like that's very low density fun. Whereas high density fun would be something like going out and doing an activity with people. Taking a walk. Or, yeah, taking a walk, meditating. Um, or even like I think playing video games could be a decent way to take a break in moderation. Yeah. Because social media creates this toxic negative feedback loop. Would that be a good way to describe it? Where you get like small rewards every time you look on it. So right. then you feel like you need to look at it. Right. Well, I think the biggest problem I have with using social media as a way to take a break is it's like very demanding on your attention. Yeah. And what you're trying to do when you take a break is let your attention recharge and relax. So True. by doing social media, like you're taking a break from work but you're still like your brain is very active and that's why it's not a good way to take a break yeah all right so that was uh 80 20 rule i feel like i thought of something else for it oh i was just gonna say i'm past failing a couple classes this semester and it's like very tempting to want to study for those classes but i have to remind myself like my other obligations are much more important and yes. like literally just need to pass yeah. Because we get trained in this mindset that you need to be a golden student in every class and every respect of your life, even if it's not something that you need to be focusing your time on. Yeah. Like, it's frustrating to me that I've wasted so much of my life on band. I love band, but once again, it's just like, I wish I was more focused on stuff that actually mattered towards finding my why and not focused on stuff that was like music. That right. has no relevance for us my life. But that's a whole another episode that we will get into. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do an entire episode on why band has ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. I would not say that it has mine. I, I know that you don't actually need that either. I guess I that that thought came to my mind because the mindset that I've cultivated from band of needing to be perfect in like every respect of my life and needing to feel like I need to, to be doing something productive and in that sense, came from band. Right. Because they make you sure. almost like a robot in how you act. And it's oh, so yeah. competitive. High school band is especially bad about yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad not in that environment anymore. Um, but, I mean, I do think there are a lot of good things about it as well. And just, you know, learning how to be disciplined. But, True. Yeah, it does, it does yeah, cultivate discipline. For sure. We can talk about that more another time. So I only have one more thing um, and then we can end off. So do you want to say anything else before I get into my last thing? No, I don't think so. 
All right. So I'm glad we're ending this one early because the last two went longer than both of us expected. Right. Once again, not wasting anyone's time. We're all about being efficient today. Ah, yes. yes Saying yes. what we need to say in a short amount of time. Anyway, so Thomas Frank mentioned many times in this episode, and I probably have mentioned him once or twice in the previous episodes. He has a pinned tweet that I really like because, you know, he's he runs College Info Geek, so it's all about productivity and efficiency, things like that. So his pinned tweet on his Twitter is, I believe he's at Tom Frankly, if you want to check him out. Uh, so it's like a dialogue between two people. So it says, I just can't make myself work, or I just can't make myself start work. And the other person says, use the Pomodoro technique. Try it, still doesn't work. Okay, then get a partner. Try it, still doesn't work. And then you know, 10 more suggestions are rejected. And then he says, eventually there aren't any more hacks. Eventually the answer truly is, just do it. And I feel like this is partly what I was getting at in the last episode of saying, like, you know, people just want some thing, some piece of information or technique that they can use to motivate themselves to go to the gym, because that's what we were talking about last time, or to get work done. And so like self-help books sell because people think they're going to find that. Right. Like, like you books. know, that that's that's going to be the key. Exactly. Um, and it's like sometimes you just got to do it. And I'm, I'm very much in advocate for making things easier so you can do it but even my saying i repeated that so many times at the end of the last episode like if you keep failing make it easier at a certain point like you can't just keep making excuses and you just got to do it all right well that is all i have to say about how to stay motivated and why you should not rely on motivation i think you're good too yes so we will end this episode off here Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or can you give reviews on Stitcher? I don't even really I know. I don't even what know what Stitcher, Stitcher is. is. I just on the podcast I listen to, they're like, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you oh, get yeah. podcast. Subscribe. Like, yeah. yeah, subscribe for sure. Leave us a review. We read all of them. I think we've gotten zero so far. So I, that... I liked our podcast. Oh, okay. Like I, I think I rated it five stars. So. That's that's good. I yeah. mean I have not even done that, so I need to get on that. It didn't even occur to me Obviously, to do it's that five for star our content, own show. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think so. Everything that comes out of my mouth is gold. That's definitely not true. Anyway. Self-confidence. Uh, Episode one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I need to go back and listen to it and hear myself talk about. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys in the next one. Bye. <laughs>